Hey, what's up? Welcome to the INT. I'm your host, Justin Jones. Follow us on Twitter at the INTFF or email your questions at the INTFF at gmail.com. What a shitty Super Bowl. <laughs> what are you going to do? Tom Brady does it again. Rinse a the repeat. Got a real good show today. My friend Corey Triana is stopping in. We're going to be taking a look at the early 2021 running back rankings. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Mr. Corey Triana. Corey Triana, welcome to the INT. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me as your first guest. It's a privilege. <laughs> so today we're talking about early 2021 running back rankings. You and I have been on or excuse me, we've been in a lot of fantasy leagues together uh, through the years. And you and I sort of have, uh, I, I guess, a different approach to how we uh, address the running back situation. You know, I always tend to go extremely running back heavy early in the draft, whereas you, you kind of like those dart throw guys. Can you tell me a little bit about your philosophy in terms of drafting running backs? Um. Since we usually always play in uh, PPR leagues, uh, typically, unless I have a top two or three or four pick, I really want to get the best wide receiver and then kind of get, you know, the best one or two wide receivers usually. Uh, I, I typically just go best available player to me, but I really do end up loading up on dart throw running backs and then... uh I think this past year was the first year you've ever looked at a draft I made and didn't uh, want to vomit as, as soon as the draft was over. Uh, I, that was the definitely a, a weird year. Yeah, this was the best compliment that you've ever given me was, I don't hate your draft. Um, yeah, usually <laughs> you, you hate everything I've done all the way from top to bottom. I think you give me like credit for two picks. But yeah, um, yeah, typically I... I I maybe get, you know, a second or third round running back that would be most people's second running back is my number one. And then I get about six more guys and then I just am very active on the waiver wire. Interesting. I mean, obviously I fucking hate it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, very much. I'm all about uh, I'm all about positional disparity, but uh, you throw that caution to the wind. So. <laughs> So anyways, we're taking a look at the RB rankings for 2021. Obviously, it's a ways away, but uh, taking a look at your list, uh, who's the first running back off the board for you? So I actually picked uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, for me, if you look back when they brought uh, Kubiak in two years ago, and he uh, brought in his zone blocking scheme from uh, Shanahan. I mean, two years ago, he's the running back six. Last year, he's the running back two. And I think next year, he just takes it to to that top number one spot. Um, his son's taking over the offensive coordinator duties, uh, you know, and, and I get it. Durability has been a concern the last two years. He's only played 14 games. But uh, sure. last year one of those games was for a personal reason in week 17. So it really didn't affect, you know, most people's fantasy football <clears throat> outcomes. Uh, 
So for me, I'm pretty optimistic that I think this year he puts it all together, uh, plays a full 16. Yeah, we really saw that elite production uh, just this past year, really. And uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, he, he definitely would have been uh, number one. I, I believe he finished as the number two running back on the year. But, you know, the one thing that I always think about with him is, you know, if you draft Dalvin Cook, you absolutely have to handcuff him. And, you know, that that's a slight knock on him. But at the same time, you you already know exactly who his handcuff is going to be. And you've already seen what his production can be. And uh, what the what the fuck is his name? Madison <laughs> is back. Alexander up. Madison. Yeah. Madison, absolutely. He, yeah, you you have to handcuff. You him. do, but I mean, with that but, scheme that they have, I mean, they've turned nobody running backs into star running backs for years. So if you pick up Madison, it's not like you're going to pick him up and you know he's going to get you six points. I mean, he's still probably going to get you double digit points. It's a drop off, but it's not you know off a cliff. Sure, you're looking at, you know, going from top five running back production to maybe low-end RB1 production, high-end RB2, and that's pretty good return on on your value there for your handcuff. Absolutely. So looking at uh, your second running back on the board, who do you have? I have uh, McCaffrey. Um, I mean, obviously without the injury this past year in the – you know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I think he, he, I mean, going into last year, he was the RB1 consensus. I think going into next year, he's going to be the consensus RB1. And uh, that, I mean, he's, man, he really, he really fucked over a dude, lot of so many, uh, fantasy. So many people. I mean, <laughs> I'm so glad I had zero shares. Well, of him. I traded for him in like week 10 because everybody was talking about how they were going to, you know, he's coming back in another week or two, week or two, week or two. And then, you know, just as the year went on, you just realized he's never coming back. That fucking piece of shit. <laughs> they're, never, they're never bringing it back. But I mean, he's had over 100 targets. His first three years, even the first year where he barely had any carries, he had over 100 targets. I mean, last year he was on pace for 120 targets, and he only played two and a half games. Like, I, I mean. He, he's literally like you have the potential to have a wide receiver one and an RB one in one position slot. And that's that's his upside. Yeah, I, I mean – and Jesus, if they got a better quarterback than Teddy Two Gloves, I mean, like, just imagine how much better he could be if there was actually a QB that was going to stretch the field and be consistent for him. I mean, he's had Cam at the end of his career and Teddy Bridgewater coming off of major knee injuries. Absolutely. You know, the only real knock when I was looking at these rankings that I found for McCaffrey, he was my RB one actually on my uh, early 2021 rankings, but is the fact that the, after he got this massive contract, it really seemed like the team was protecting their investment. And you, it kind of makes you wonder if that's going to be a trend in the future. For Yeah. I, I mean, I thought about that and that's kind of why I dropped him down to, I mean, I know it's only one spot, but I mean, even if they, Maybe they don't bring back Mike Davis, but maybe they use a second running back more. 
even if they do, I mean, you're not going to use a second running back as a 50-50 share. You're going to go 70-30, you know, give him a few less carries, a few less targets. But, I mean, if he didn't have 100 targets, if he played all 16 games, I would be shocked. I, I mean, I think if he wasn't injured, like actually injured, they probably would have played him. But, sure. I mean, why rush him back in a lost season, I guess? I just wish they would have admitted it in week 10. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. All right, number three, you have Austin Eckler. Tell me about Austin Eckler because he is not in my top 12. Yeah, at all. I kind of, when I sent you this list, I was like, I knew this was the one where if we were face to face right now, you would just be <laughs> calling me a, a dumb fuck. Uh, so I think, I, I think a couple things like when he got hurt last year, I, I, I mean, when he got hurt, everybody thought his season was done. I mean, the way he went down, the way it looked, he went out on like the, I think it was definitely the first drive. I mean, I mean, you thought he was done for the year. And then he comes back eight weeks later and his very first game back, he has 11 catches. I mean, so it's not like they eased him back in once he got back out there. It was like into the fire, go. Um, he missed double digit points one occasion when he was playing with Herbert. <clears throat> and that was the week he got hurt on the first drive. So other than that, he's, I mean, the floor for him is he's getting you at least 10 in a PPR league. Um, but but dude's hyper-efficient. Sure. I think they're going to let him run more because, I mean, even after he came back, he still had multiple double-digit carry weeks. He had seven of his nine weeks last year, he was double-digit. So, again, he comes back from that gruesome injury, and they just threw him right to the wolves. Like, it's not like they they – you know, yeah. took their time and, <laughs> hey, we'll give you a couple carries and see how this works out. It was like, hey, we're, we're, you're catching 11 balls for 80 yards. You're, you're running the ball 14 times. Get the fuck out there, man. Like, that's, they, they didn't take it easy on him. Yeah. Yeah. Him, and then the with Hunter Henry gone, I mean, I mean, if they don't bring in another running back or another wide receiver, what are they going to throw the ball to Mike Williams? I, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, it makes sense. That's a valid point. And and honestly, I think yeah. the defense is going to be a lot better. They they lost so many players to injury, so they're going to be. Oh man, that that defense was so banged up. I had them as a, you know, I don't know, one of the higher end defenses going into the twenty twenty season. But man, they just they were just stricken what with the injury. Bug what game? The whole season, what game was so. that? Were they? Were they in New York or where was it that they were bitching about the field? I think it was the same one that they played right oh, after San Francisco played. San Francisco? No, they, they played out east somewhere, I want to say. Yeah. I don't remember. But uh, I know they yeah. lost a bunch of guys on defense in one game. And I just think that with that defense back, they're going to be in lower scoring games. They're going to be in tighter games. I think he's going to have more opportunity to get more carries. And then, dude, when you have a running back like him – I mean, he's game plan proof. If if they're down by 20, they're going to throw him sure. the ball. Yeah. If they're up by 20, he's going to run the ball. So that's why. I... Yeah, it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see what that offense looks like with the new head yeah. coach. Yeah, I mean, too. and like we talked about, you know, privately before this started, like there's so many question marks realistically for all these guys. I mean, that's why 
when you told me your list yeah. and when I told you my list, I was definitely expecting more pushback on my list, but I think both of us kind of kind of looked at it like <laughs> I mean, realistically, outside of maybe one or two guys, you could really see just about any of these motherfuckers sneaking up anywhere. Literally, literally every one of these running backs that we're going to talk about today, and that might be the most important point of this discussion, is every one of these top 12 running backs has at least one knock on them about you know why you might not want to draft them. So it's important to consider because if you're going to invest in some of these running backs, you know, high draft capital is something to consider, you know, and I don't know if what the, the answer is right now, whether you pivot to maybe like a uh, running back, one running back, one right wide receiver early in the draft, or uh, maybe you pivot completely away from running backs early in the draft and focus on some of those RB twos that have RB one upside. I don't know what the answer is right now, but it's something. Well, you know what I'm going to do. So I'm definitely going to be drafting Austin Eckler <laughs> late in the second round and, and counting on him to carry me to to a championship. So, <laughs> all right, your next running back, you have uh, the yeah. King Henry, Derek Henry, and uh, I got to say, uh, he was my RB five, so. Uh, pretty close here. And, you know, the story has already sort of been written for Derrick Henry. The, the only question is how long can this run for him last where he gives you that elite production without any sort of. Uh, what are you talking about, move? man? He had a career year. He had 19 catches last year. He broke his uh, previous record of 18. So, I mean, he's really coming out of the gates firing on all cylinders, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the awesome thing about Henry is that offense just runs through him. And like I said, my only question is, you know, is the fall off coming this season or is it going to be next season? I think he had over 300 carries so last year. He, so, you know, eventually he not only had over down. 300, he had almost 370. So I actually looked this up because uh, we had talked about that a little bit. So, and, and this is why I'm not worried about it. The last two years he has had over 675 carries. I get it. That is a ton. I agree. But his first three years in the league, he barely had over 500 carries. So I think him getting eased in and for some ungodly reason being in a timeshare with, uh, oh, my God, McFadden. Um, being in that timeshare with McFadden really – not McFadden. DeMarco Murray. Jesus Christ. It was oh, DeMarco Murray. What the Murray. fuck was his oh name? Oh, my God. That's embarrassing. Yeah. You're going to have to edit that out. Um <laughs> So uh, when he was in there with uh, DeMarco Murray for some ungodly reason, they actually eased him in. So, you know, three seasons of 500 carries really isn't much of anything. So I know the last two years he's been, you know, run into the ground. But, I mean, even at the end of the season last year, he was still – I mean, he had his best game of the season in week 17, I think. One of his best games. Yeah, it's definitely – he, he definitely turns it on in the second half of the season every year. So, 
it's it's fun fun to have Derrick Henry on one of your fantasy teams as the yeah. I think if the there was one guy off. that you could just lock in for sixteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns, I, I mean, if you had to pick one guy that you're gonna bet on, I mean, it's gonna be him. I I dude, he he had more yards after or before contact. He had more yards before contact than Alvin Kamara had rushing yards last year. Like, yeah, he had 954 oh, yards before contact <laughs> last year. Like, I, I mean, they have a great offensive line. I just think they're going to run him into the ground, and I just don't think he falls off the cliff next year. I think it's probably two years out. That makes sense. All right, moving on, you have Alvin Kamara as your number five running back. Not, you want to talk a little bit about not Alvin? Not really, because uh, he's scary. Uh, just with, with Breeze he being is, gone, absolutely. like if Breeze came – well, we're assuming. Uh, but if Breeze comes back, I mean, he's easily a top three guy. Um, he's hyper-efficient. He, you know, he's had over 80 receptions every year. Uh, but – I mean, it's one of those things where obviously Sean Payton's still going to work to get the ball into his hands, but Drew Brees throwing him the ball a hundred mm-hmm. times. He had a he had a seventy seven percent catch rate last year. He had a little over a hundred targets. He had uh, eighty three catches. Most of those were from Brees. I mean, if it's Jameis Winston. <laughs> Do you, yeah. do you anticipate him? Do you know how many targets he's gonna have to throw the ball two hundred times to get him eighty three catches? Probably. Um, so that's kind of where I. Sure. He he's never had over two hundred carries. He's so really it's the hyper efficiency and the the pass catching. And if the pass catching drops off a little bit, he kind of makes me a little nervous. But. Um, Sheer talent-wise, I mean, I, I don't know how you keep him out of the top five. Sure. Yeah, I actually had him at number three in my list, and my only knock on him was, you know, what what does life after Breeze look like? And we got a little glimpse of that uh, this past season, but even then he was still putting up, you know, RB1 numbers on a pretty regular basis. So uh, moving on. Number six, who do you have it? I have a Nick Chubb. Um, And I don't want to admit this because uh, I love uh, Kareem Hunt, but Chubb is definitely the most talented back in uh, Cleveland. I mean, (laughs) I I can't even argue that or deny it or defend it anymore. So uh, I will let you take that victory lap against me. So here's a, here's a little stat for you. In 2020, Nick Chubb actually finished as the RB9. And that's after he yeah. missed four and a half games. So you, you have to wonder what his – we haven't even seen his ceiling yet. And so that's sort of what I see in Nick Chubb. I mean, I, I have him as my RB4, the, and I, I'm all in. All in <laughs> the only reason I, I, don't, I don't have him higher is the fact that Kareem Hunt is there. Uh, I mean, if you actually look, both uh, Hunt and Chubb were top 10 backs last year, which I mean is really – or top 12 backs last year, which is really saying, you know, a lot that that offense can support both of those guys. 
So, I mean, just imagine what it would look like if Hunt was used in like a 70-30 split instead of like a, you know, 60-40 or 55-45. That's the only reason he's not higher because, I mean, he is – watching him run is – it's scary and impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're halfway there. Fuck. I feel like we've been talking for hours already. Uh, I have uh, Saquon at number seven. (laughs) So I wrote a little, I wrote a little blurb about this and I want to read it word for word because it made me laugh as I wrote it down. Okay. It sucks that he plays for the giants (laughs) and that he blew out his knee and that Daniel Jones is his QB (laughs) And that his offensive line was graded as the 31st out of 32 teams. <laughs> but all that said, I mean, he is just such a, such a talented running back, man. I, I mean, the only healthy year he's had, he had 91 catches on 121 targets. And I think that Garrett's going to get him the ball the same way he got Zeke the ball when he was the, you know, the offensive coordinator and the coach there. Um, I think it's going to take him – I think it's going to take him a few weeks for him to get his legs back underneath him once, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be ready to start the season based on his freak, you know, genetics and work ethic. But um, I think it's going to take a few weeks, but I think, you know, hopefully my plan is some, some idiot drafts him early. And then the first two weeks he looks terrible and I could swoop in and low ball him. And then I just reap the benefits for the rest of the year. That that's good. Info, well, I don't plan actually. on you thanks, getting. Thanks I don't plan on Appreciate you getting it. him, and I don't plan on the people uh, that we play with listening to this. So it should be a problem. <laughs> that's fair. All right, number eight, you have Zeke. Yeah, I was actually expecting eight. you to mock this more too than you did. Um, I I really think it's just two different Zeeks <laughs> that we got. I mean, when. Dak went down because I had him on my team. He was a top three running back when Dak went down. Dude, in the first five games, he scored almost as many points as he scored in the last 10. He had 113.7 points in five games, and he had 118 in 10 in a PPR league. Yeah, it was a crazy season for him. If there's not a redhead back there at quarterback – as long as Dak is back, I truly believe you're going to see a, a top eight, top nine, but a consistent top eight or top nine. Um, I don't think it's going to be these hyper, you know, 20, 30 point weeks and then eight weeks or eight point weeks. So, um, so you're looking at, you know, a steady 15, 16 points. And that's what you want. Yeah, you want that I think I think he's going to have that 15, want. 16 point floor and he'll be able to get into the 20s. But I don't think it's going to be like Aaron Jones a few years ago where it was, you know, 28 points, 32 points. And then the following week, he gets you eight. I, I don't I think it's going to be a lot more on the level. Right on, right on. Yeah, I actually 
believe it or not, I had uh, Ezekiel Elliott one spot ahead of you at number seven. So moving on to number nine. Yeah, I, I think Taylor. he's going to uh, take another step forward next year. I, I mean, they really worked him into the offense after the bye week. Um, well, a couple games after the bye week. He had a couple rough games right after the bye week. But I, I want to caution, you know, I, a lot of people are like, Jonathan Taylor is, you know, top five for me next year. And it's like coming out, you had all the hype and stuff, but he vaulted into a, a sixth place. So he finishes the RB six last year in, in our, in our league, the PPR league, but his last, his last five games, this is who he played. Sure. He played Houston twice, which was the second worst defense against running backs. Vegas, who was the fourth worst and Jacksonville, who was the third worst. The other game he played was against the Steelers, but that was when, you know, your defense was not doing well, bud. There was – it was not going well. So – and and I think – No, no. No, nothing no it was, was not. Nothing was going well. Um, I remember just you checking out for hours at a time on Sundays. Um, but I, I think – it, it also scares me a little bit because uh, he had a lot of catches like last year, actually, for not being their third down back. I mean, you have Naeem Hines there, and he's there, you know, he's a really good third down back. So Taylor's not going to be out there on third down as much, obviously. But I mean, he had 36 catches still last year, but that's because Philip Rivers was his goddamn quarterback, and Philip Rivers is gone. So. I just I don't see him catching 36 balls again unless Thame Hines, sure. you know, has moved on somehow. But I imagine they're not what with his contract that he has. So, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the whole second half of the season, it was like it, he, he sort of figured it out. You know, he was finding holes that he wasn't finding in the first half of the season. And I don't know if that was him being a rookie and, and settling into the office offense, but they, they definitely figured it out, but there is some risk to him. You know, was it just uh, a situational thing where the opponents that he was facing, you know, he was putting up points on shitty defenses or was he well, really, that's, I, I think you know, that leveling he, up that's why I said, take back. that next step up. Like, I think he, I, I think it was real. Because, I mean, you even said it a few times early in the season because you picked him in, in our, you know, the league we care about the most. You know, uh, you picked him in the first round. Well, technically the fourth round. Uh, but you took him. Yeah, yeah, in our keeper league. So we start in the fourth yeah, round. But you took league, him with so. your first pick. And the first couple weeks you're just watching him. And you're like, he just runs into dudes' backs. He's just running straight into their asses. He doesn't even look for a hole. And then I think... As the season went on, he did feel more comfortable. He did feel more yep. confident. And I think part of the reason he got more confident was because he was playing against some of the worst teams in the league. So I think it was one of those chicken or the egg things. But I, I think he will take a step forward. But I I just don't think he's going to be, you know, a top four, top five guy. I think he's going to be a back-end RB1 probably next year. Fair enough. All right, number 10. Let's just get through this quickly because <laughs> no. you and I will never agree on this guy. But... Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, baby. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, go ahead and tell me. 
He was number two running back two years ago. Obviously, <laughs> that was propped up by the fact that he scored an ungodly amount yeah, of touchdowns. Um, he was running back five this year in 13 and a half games. The only reason he's back this far for me, I mean, obviously he's not under contract. I do think he's going to be back with Green Bay. Um, but I, even if he's back with Green Bay, this this is what I'm assuming. He's back with Green Bay, and then they saw how A.J. Dillon was running. They spent that second-round pick on him, and they're going to use A.J. Dillon too, probably more efficiently than they used uh, Jamal Williams this year. So uh, yeah. I would be actually way more pumped if he went to, like, Miami or Arizona. I mean, if he went to Miami or Arizona, be prepared for me way more obnoxious than I usually am because um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be out there. If <laughs> one of those two run heavy teams, I am, but I think he's going to be back at green Bay and that's why I have shot. him at 10. Cause I think he's going to be really good, hyper efficient again, but I, he's just not going to get the workload to be a top three, top five guy. And that's well, why I he's love always been hyper efficient when you look at his stats. <laughs> yeah, <And> apparently. <laughs> to each their own, I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number 11, um, you have Josh I think, Jacobs. Uh, what are your thoughts on Josh? I actually, I know he finished, uh, he finished pretty well last year, but man, you just kept expecting him to do more you know he started out with that huge game you know week one against carolina and you're just like this is a sign of things to come and then it was like mm-hmm. it, you know nagging injuries throughout the year he left the game early he missed the game i mean four games Gary. yeah so here's here's the thing Here's the thing about Josh Jacobs, and this is I, – I dug a little deeper and I looked at, at the, the games in which he did well, the games he did shitty. And some of the – what I found was he's really, really game script dependent. Like if the Raiders are doing well, he's going to have a good game. If the Raiders were doing poorly, he was completely eliminated from the game. And that's not really counting the injuries, you know, here and there, because he did have a couple of injuries through the season. But what I found was he's so game script dependent. And so it really, when you draft Josh Jacobs, you're really betting on whether the Raiders are going to be good next year or not. If you think they're going to be a playoff team, then yeah, Josh Jacobs is most likely going to be an RB1. If you think that they're going to be shitty, well, you know, maybe you're looking at, RB two numbers, and so that's the one thing that I found. And looking it's crazy at numbers, too because really have to he, take he's a consideration. He can catch like he. They've used him in the past. He's made some tough catches, and he's looked good doing it. You know, moving with the ball in open space. But Jesus, yeah, I, I mean, Gruden just apparently wants to just run him straight up the middle for you know, four yards. I I mean, the games that he had, he had six games over 20 carries. I mean, so like to your point, if they're winning, if they're in a very tight game where they can run the ball a lot, I mean, he's going to win a week for you. That's why he's towards the back end for me. Um, If they would throw him the ball more, I think you could move him up a few more spots. But yeah, like you said, he's so game 
game dependent, you know, game script dependent. I just, I, I couldn't fully trust him. If there's one guy I regretted putting on this list, it would probably be him. Um, and when you go over your guys, I'll, I'll let you know which guy I probably would have replaced him with. <laughs> All right. And the number 12 running back on your list, this one kind of threw me for a loop. You have yes. a so incoming I picked Travis Etienne, uh, running back. Etienne. Uh, however, I tried to research how to say it beforehand. I watch a lot of college football, to be honest. Um, but I, I mean, the big games <laughs> that I watched were, you know, the playoffs, the bowl games, you know, any of the big college games on a Saturday night. I watched a few of those. So I saw a couple of Clemson games and just, I mean, he looked. I mean, he was electric every time he touched the ball. It was just scary watching him. But the main reason, and really, I could have picked any rookie that I thought had a chance to do something because mainly I wanted to bring up this stat. If you look over the last eight years, there's been at least one rookie running back to finish in the top 12, except for 2019. And Miles Sanders finished as the, running back 15 that year. So, I I mean, it's really more to call out that, you know, going into your season, you're always going to look at who are the incumbent guys, who are the top 12 incumbent guys, you know, who finished one through 12 last year. And those are going to be my one through 12s. But I mean, history tells us James, James Robinson this year, undrafted rookie running back. Right. I mean, who walks in off sure. the streets basically, and he he's a top five, top eight guy, depending on your format. I mean, to to me, I, I think one of the things that I think the reason you and I are so diametrically opposed at times on running backs is because, and I never looked at this stat or anything like that, but I just <laughs> always had in the back of my head like, ah, there's always that one flyer guy, and then to see it written down you know, a guy in the mid rounds that, you know, some of the guys that were drafted were the 30th running back overall finished as a top 10 running back. I mean, it's just more so to do your due diligence all the way through, especially on the incoming young guys with lots of, you know, lots of miles left to go. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back, there's a couple of running backs that I had on my top 12 that, uh, you erroneously omitted, but, uh, just to recap a little bit, I had, uh, Antonio Gibson as my RB eight and I I liked him a lot. The only knock that I, I found from watching him play, which he he was a lot of fun to watch, but uh, a lot of his production relied on splash plays. I don't know whether that's going to continue or not, whether he'll be highly efficient in the future or, or not. But that was one running back that I, I uh, he sort of squeaked into the top 12. And uh, James Robinson, you were just talking about, actually, I really liked him and I had him as my RB10. And he played really well on a bad offense. And uh, that's sort of, we sort of saw what his floor could be. Uh, he could be even better Next year, you're talking about getting in uh, Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback in Jacksonville. So, you know, 
we could see even higher production from James Robinson. So that was one running back that I had in my top 12 that you didn't include. And the last one, talking about rookie production, actually I had J.K. Dobbins. And I really think that uh, when you look at his production in the second half of the season, you're seeing RB1 production. And so you wonder what a full season is going to look like in the number one rushing team in the league. So those are a few running backs that I had on my list that we differed on, but uh, overall, I, yeah, well, I think it's one of those, uh, I mean, we can agree who's the top 12. It doesn't mean I'm going to draft them. You know what I mean? I think that's where we tend to differ. Um, But I I mean, honestly, there were three guys I wrote down that, that I thought, man, I, I wish I would have found a way to include them and, Antonio Gibson was one, uh, like you said, I, I think if they started using him in the passing game more and kind of took out JD McKissick a little more, um, I, I think, uh, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I, I, he, they're really just a real quarterback away from being a legitimate, you know, threat, not only in, in fantasy, but also real life. Um, I, I think Miles Sanders actually, he had a couple really good games with uh, with Jalen Hurts. Uh, he had a bad game with yeah. him too. But I, I think having a new quarterback in there, a more mobile quarterback, you're gonna you know open up the read option, and I think that he's gonna get some more work. But really, the guy that I wish I would have put in there instead of Josh Jacobs was J.K. Dobbins, and I think just they're such a run heavy team, like you said. They're always going to be one or two in the league for running. And it's going to be a two-man show next year. It's going to be Dobbins, and they're probably going to bring back the Gus bus. And I I really – I mean, Dobbins is so good when you watch him play. So I, I really think that that you were right with Dobbins. And, you know, I, I think he's definitely going to be something next year. Yeah, and, and the one player uh, that you had in your top 12 that I didn't mention as well was Saquon, Saquon Barkley, and I I went back and forth about including him. I think uh, if he comes into training camp camp 100% healthy, I, I think he's definitely going to be in that RB1 territory. It's just a matter of is he healthy, does he have any setback of uh, his knee and, and where – he goes from there. Uh, I don't really, I think he's such a phenomenal athlete, the offensive line and that offense does just doesn't matter to him. Absolutely. I yeah. I, I, uh, to be the comeback I mean, player of the year, you know, like we said, um, I, every single guy on this list, even the extra guys, you know, they all have question marks, but, uh, realistically, any of these guys could finish, you know, anywhere from three to, 15 3 to 20 uh, I don't think there's any of these guys that you're going to draft and they're going to finish as a RB45 short of an injury We did Sure No well, it actually felt like a real conversation was the only thing that was missing from it I, I was it honestly be. waiting for you to call me an <laughs> idiot or ask what the fuck was I thinking but other than that I mean this went this went way better than I was anticipating. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. Will you, uh, this was fun. Come back sometime soon, and maybe we'll talk about something different. If not, uh, well, we can just make. Fun I of say our we just go over all the dumb fuck trades that Kyle offers and, people. Uh, I think we'll that would make it that. more than worth everybody's while. Not a problem. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Triana, thanks for coming, man. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Corey Triana for joining us. Be sure to check back in with us next week for another episode of the INT. I'm your host, Justin Jones, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>